0: Gonzo, also known as Super G, is in the building, and we've got Jenna X back on this Tuesday, so I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing the comparison between XLM and XRP. We're going to listen to the founder of XLM, Jed McCaleb, explain the structural differences between these two organizations. We're also going to talk about how Brad Garlinghouse was 2023's comeback king. With XRP's win over the SEC, we saw Ripple's CEO selected as one of the most influential players in the crypto market. And with the largest financial firms on the planet in the process of turning digital, we break down the details, showing our community how this next bull run is shaping up to be the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcasts, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the PT Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, we got a bunch of exciting news today, and the Ripple Riddlers have entered the chat because we're going to draw some connections between this award right here and what the Ripplers have been putting out for several years. So it's not Conspiracy Friday, but we're going to be
1: talking some interesting stuff. How you feeling, my friend? I'm feeling great. Abs. Good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs. It's also not co- Comedy Monday either, but I am super excited because not only do we got our brother G here, but man, we've got a stranger that we haven't seen in a long time. I'm glad she's back. Jenna, welcome. Can't wait to see you and hop into it.
0: Thank you, Johnny. And we got Super G joining us as well. Gonzo, it's been an exciting week. Bitcoin broke $42,000 last night, and we're going to talk about how a Bitcoin ETF may be a classic example. Buy the rumor, sell the news. We'll provide the evidence and let our users decide. But first of all, how are you feeling, my friend? Thanks for being here.
2: I'm feeling outstanding, man. Yeah, not only did we break 42, but Bitcoin dominance made a new high for the year. So keep an eye on that. But I'm just excited to have Jenna back because I have been waiting for the last few weeks just to give her a shout out and her props because it was it was some weeks ago. I don't know if she remembers that we were on this show. We were on the Merlin Twitter Spaces and she talked about like like small cap gems, like under $50 million. And it really just opened my eyes to start researching and finding those projects that are really going to grow that have. I've been talking about narratives, so small market cap plus narrative, some kind of real world solve. Uh, and so, yeah, shout out to you, Jenna, because I started doing some research, finding some projects that that had it's been in the crypto gaming space right now but i think real world assets is another narrative but they've been running
0: it's exciting time jenna and you're getting some love in the live chat as well so first of all welcome back to the program (laughs) we love you we're excited to have you here how you feeling this morning
3: Oh, thank you guys so much. I'm feeling amazing. Hello to the live chat and the Philly airport. Apparently, we're broadcasting there too right now. Thank you, um Susie and everyone who said congratulations. A home girl got engaged. yes, yeah, so it was it was an awesome trip to Costa Rica, but I'm super glad to be back and. You know, I missed you guys so much, Johnny, Abs, and uh, Gonzo. I'm glad that you're uh, checking out some of these gems. It's awesome. Um, Jenna, and I almost
0: (laughs) feel ashamed. I didn't know you got engaged. Congratulations. That's so exciting. So, congratulations on air. Thank you
3: so much, Abs. Thank you. I appreciate that. But yeah, no.
0: Nothing but love, success, and abundance in the future, Jenna. And we're going to start this thing off the same way we always do, by checking out the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button if you're looking for updates all throughout the day. When we look at some of our daily movers today, Johnny, my goodness, Casper is center stage wow. up nearly 31% on the day, but it's green bubbles across the board. Gala's up 10%, VChain up 6%, Mana Token and HBAR both up about 5%. When we check out our Merlin market update this morning, my goodness, look at the total market cap sitting at 1.54 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 53% dominance, Ethereum is about 17%, Bitcoin sitting at $42,300 Gonzo, and that's got you excited, I know it. Ethereum 2,200, we got XRP at 61 cents, Solana at $60, and Cardano trading at 40 cents this morning. And guys, we already got over 200 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button and Gonzo. We are going to start off this show with some very very exciting content, but before we even play that, I want to show our listeners a little price chart update on XRP and get Gonzo's opinion cuz he's the TA guy in the group, my friends. So Coins Kid put it out on Twitter, the XRP and USD pairing is looking at a massive breakout. We are watching the 200 week moving average Turn bullish before our eyes. And guys, this is such a great indicator because it's a long-term time frame. We are looking at years of data here. And what it's telling us is that XRP is not only on the precipice of breaking out, we could be entering one dollar territory. And I know that's pretty exciting, but CoinKids broke it down very, very easily here. He said by the beginning of 2024, we could be entering zone one, a 92 cent XRP, and then finish off the first quarter of 2024 somewhere around a dollar and 36 cents. This would be very exciting. I know there's a lot of 589ers out there, Gonzo, and we're going to talk about XLM compared to XRP. But when you look at these price targets, do you find them realistic?
2: I think eventually. I mean, like, first things first, like, we need to get above 63 cents, right? We've been in this, like, kind of range. Uh, I was in a trade right before we got the scam wick. Thank God, like, I had my take profit, and we sold out. But we really need to get above 63 cents and then the next move. But, like, XRP loves to kind of fill these wicks, and so, uh, you know, we kind of filled the wicks to the downside, and so eventually, we're going to fill that wick that's at that ninety-three cent level. Um, I think on the higher time frames is 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 what what they're looking at. I'm always looking at the smaller time frames, but yeah, um, you know, I, I still think XRP's move will come. You know, next year, um, I, I'm still looking at that. I mean, I'm just looking at the price action, and it hasn't been as strong. We're still at the beginning of the month, so we'll see which projects decide to run. But I take it one level at a time. We really need to get above $0.63.
0: And Jenna, this really caught my attention from yesterday. We need price action, not just in XRP. We're going to see it for the entire crypto market. And for the time being, it all starts with Bitcoin. This is a massive rumor going around for not only Bitcoin, but the crypto market overall. As Qatar's sovereign wealth fund is eyeing a potential $500 billion worth of Bitcoin allocation, that is $670 times more than Michael Saylor's disclosed position. That means Michael Saylor's disclosed Bitcoin holdings times 670 equals what's about to enter the market. And with only 76 billion Bitcoin left on exchanges, I'm anticipating this is going to impact altcoins as well. But what do you think about these rumors, Jenna? 2024 is looking extremely exciting. And it's articles like these that show us things are about to change.
3: Oh man, very, very bullish. Um, I love I trading Bitcoin obviously I don't have a ton of it myself but I like being able to start to build the bags but very bullish on it um long term I mean anything could happen guys Bitcoin it's it's the mac daddy it's the king I don't care what anybody says I know as much as we love XRP um by the way one of the worst investments I've ever made short term I'm not going to lie um it's XRP is great for long term I think and everything like that but I'm just you know I I love our news I love everything we do guys but um I'm not excited about this price action at all.
0: The reason I actually laughed is because me and Johnny had a great conversation last week. And I go, You know how you know I'm an XRP holder? I can take off my shirt and show you the scars on my back because last bear market, it was one of those projects where no matter what it did, it underperformed. And I'm hoping that this is going to be different. There's one other thing I want to do before I kick it back to you. The SEC lawsuit, I think, played a major role in the price action for XRP. So, what that tells me, longer the base, the higher in space, we could actually get a really, really exciting two years for XRP due to that suppressed price action. So maybe it ends up being a bullish catalyst, but time will tell. And Johnny, I want to get your thoughts before we dive into our content. We're going to be playing a video from Jed McCaleb explaining not only the difference between Stellar and Ripple, but why he left the organization in the first place. But I'd like to draw a connection really briefly to the price charts and how this is something we're going to see going forward. Because if XRP performs well over these next couple of years, XLM will be following in price action. And I think these two price charts show that correlation right here. Back in, uh, I believe this was late September, early October, XRP got a rumor that BlackRock had filed some sort of an application for an ETF in the United States. Based off that news, XRP's price went from $0.64 cents to about $0.73 cents in only a couple of hours. That's not shocking. This is what's shocking. XLM did the exact same thing during the exact same time without any correlation in the news. And so I'm drawing this connection, Johnny, because as we talk about seller and XRP going forward... They're attacking the same market, and Jed McCaleb addresses that in this video. But first of all, what do you think about the correlation I just drew and the fact that XRP looks extremely bullish? That may also be positive for XLM.
1: Well, Abs, I'm you know you know me. I've been in the same camp as Jed. Like ninety cents doesn't get me excited for XRP. I'm I'm in it for the long term and much much bigger numbers. And I know everybody's going to give me hate for that, but I love you guys out there either way, regardless. But you know, I'll start getting excited when we start testing all time highs. When we're starting to look at breaking through that, then I think, you know, we we have some serious upside, you know, to the 3 to $10 range. And that's when you'll see me get excited. And I actually believe that in this upcoming bull run, we're going to get to see the opportunity if XRP can get there now because the little, the big monkey's off its back. The little monkey's just about off its back. I don't think we're going to see an appeal on this thing. So now all the annoying monkeys are out of the way. And frankly, XRP has no excuse, no monkey on its back. It's got all the relationships. It's got the partners. It's got the 500 here working with the countries. Um, And, and it's got the only coin with regulatory clarity. So it really needs to perform. It needs to go do its thing. And abs, I've been seeing all, like, I put a couple tweets out the other day about XRP. And everybody's, oh, my God, I've been in this thing six years. I can't do it no more. Like
2: People are getting
1: yeah. tired. They are getting tired.
2: Yeah, and the problem is is that there's no narrative, right? We understand the technology. We understand the partnerships. But what's happening is like you need a narrative to like spark it, right? Because think about it. This market runs on emotion. Mm -hmm. And whether it's like the shiny new object thing, you've seen the new projects that have come in that have run like Celestia that are part of like that narrative of cross-chain. We just need something to spark it, right? Like people are coming into this market, new money that comes in is just not excited by, like, cross-border payments, the SEC lawsuit, things like that. And it usually takes a little bit of time for you to do your research to kind of see where the utility is, right? Um, I, I think next year will be a different year, but but really, you know, it, it's not just like XRP. A lot of the ISO tokens, that narrative just hasn't caught fire, right? And because the market runs on emotion, you need a narrative to catch it.
0: Well, Jenna, this is what I put out yesterday, and I found these stats to be really, really interesting. So the best performing tokens during 2017 were many of the major altcoins of today, as XRP was the number one performing asset during that time, going up over 36,000% in the year 2017. So that doesn't encompass the entire market because it actually went up higher in 2018. But in 2017 alone, it did 36,000%. XLM had a clear correlation, being fourth largest in the market at 14,000, Ethereum 9,000, and Litecoin about 5,000. Bitcoin didn't break the top 10. But the reason that I'm showing this is because I think that we're drawing a very closer correlation to 2017 than to what happened in 2021. In 2021, this market was not only suppressed by lawsuits, lack of regulation, but also the uncertainty from people like Larry Fink, uh, the JP Morgan CEO, Jamie Dimon. These guys were not only speaking out against crypto, they were going to fire employees if they purchased it. This time around, there's going to be way more opportunity for projects like I just described because people like Larry Fink, not only are they not contrarians, they're excited about these cryptocurrencies. Mm -hmm. And we showed a really interesting video yesterday from Franklin Templeton where they already have $300 million worth of tokenized assets on Stellar. And they're using that right now. That's drops in the bucket compared to what's going to enter this market. And so we could see many of these altcoins profit off of that. If we're going to tokenize assets, they end up on the blockchain, Jenna. If they're on the blockchain... They increase the value of the blockchain, meaning the tokens as well. So do you think that we're going to see something similar to 2017? Maybe not 15, 30,000%, but just the fact that altcoins are set to profit in a unique way.
3: Well, I mean, yeah, because that would, I don't even know what market cap that would even put us at at that point. I don't know that we're going to see a 36,000% increase. That would be literally insane. Um, But that's why we have exit strategies, right? Of what we're going to ladder out. And I can't wait to dump part of this bag, I'll be honest. But you know what's cool is in the world of trading with this, like what I like to do with XRP, and this is not financial advice or anything, but I'm a soft five X long. It's not huge. It's not crazy gains, but in coin M where I get paid as it goes up and I've been in it for a while and my margin is very, very high. So I sleep on this all the time. Like the dips don't phase me, but as it rises, it's just a little extra way to make more with the way the XRP moves because it is slow, but it is pretty easy to trade. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, Anything could happen, abs. Anything could happen. Obviously, you know, I I will never. And it's like Johnny with his Amazon sell 100% of my bag. I want to keep that. But you know, it really reminds me of a new school kind of uh, savings bond because of the way that it moves. But think about it: if XRP was crazy volatile, would banks really want to use it if it was, you know, 30 cents now, and that's going to be 70 cents now. And no, it's too risky to sign and move large amounts of money and everything. So I think that it's important that it's stable for its use case, if that makes sense. And over time, yes, I have full faith that it will grow and do well. I just don't think that it's the best altcoin gem play of 2023 to 2025. But I think that we will get safe, steady, solid returns on XRP.
0: And there's so much opportunity in the market. That's why I think it's closer to 2017 than 2021. 2021 was a fake utility cycle. I don't know if that's how you would describe it, but everybody was anticipating that utility was going to enter the market. A lot of these projects were here to stay. What we saw was more of the past. 90% of the money that came in left on the back end. That's why we created Merlin. Guys, go check it out. 30 days, absolutely free. First link down below. But that's why we're not going to do the same thing this time. When XRP breaks $3 and everyone on Twitter is screaming for 10 That's when I'm going to be at least considering taking profits. And Gonzo, we should start getting into the content that we have prepared for today, but we already got 365 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button, and get ready for this exciting video right here. This is the founder of XLM. Now, what's important to know about Jed McCaleb is he was an original employee and founder of Ripple, and this is what he's describing here. He's describing not only why he left the company, but what the difference is between XLM and here
4: we go founded ripple and then you moved on to co-found stellar because of certain differences uh, in opinion philosophy differences that you wanted to operate the platform on so can you tell us what the key differences are between ripple and stellar because a lot of people think of these two as the preferred platforms for the financial services industry
5: yeah right so uh, what we're trying to build at Stellar is a, a, an internet level protocol and, and i think it's important that that be done by a, a a nonprofit entity. Like if you imagine the internet created by a for-profit company, we would just be in a very different world. And that's essentially what we're what we're trying to do is make it where payments works uh, how information works on the internet now, where you you everything's interoperable. You can send money to anywhere, uh, and so you kind of just need this this uh, kind of governance and structure that that wasn't really done in, in, in Ripple. And 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 kind of beyond that, it's important to have uh, lots and lots of participants in the network, not just uh, a, a few. So uh, one of the things that we're doing in Stellar is distributing the underlying asset, the underlying coin, like very widely. And I think that that's a kind of a key thing to actually make these things successful.
4: I mean, one of the interesting things that is that one of the just...
0: Okay, so shots were fired at Ripple there, Gonzo. And I'm going to break it down really briefly, but thing to know. When you think about the difference between XRP and XLM, there are two big differences. Number one, Ripple is for profit. Stellar is nonprofit. That's very important to know. Number two, what Jed McCaleb is claiming in this clip is that he distributed the XLM tokens, so there's no centralized entity. That is shots fired at Ripple because Ripple obviously controls the escrow for the time being, and he just left that organization. This clip is from 2018. So first of all, we got 393 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Gonzo, we're going to play the end of this clip. But what did you take away from Jed's initial statements?
2: Well, you know, he's been the Teflon Don. I mean, he goes way back to Mount Cox, right? I mean, he, he was able to leave that right before the total collapse and everything because of a hack. And then he left Ripple right before the lawsuit. So, you know, we always wonder why XLM is left out of of the lawsuits and stuff like that. And maybe it has something to do with it being a nonprofit in the way that their business structure is set up. But, you know, we've always said that, you know, XRP would be more for banks and then XLM would be more for peer-to-peer. Right. But I mean, uh, but usually XRP moves first and then XLM moves. I don't think we've ever had a situation where... XLM moved on its own, and then maybe XRP moved after it. It's always like, you know, Bitcoin leads the market, Bitcoin moves, and then everything else moves. Usually, XRP moves, and then XLM moves after it.
0: Jenna, we are going to go through a very interesting list here, not only showing, I'm sorry, showing the most 14 influential people who have worked at Ripple, connections to the Federal Reserve. We've got connections to organizations that regulate the environment right now. But this clip I thought was very important. Johnny, I'd love to get some of your comments before we play the end of this clip. Do you think that was shots fired at Ripple there? Jed said, we're unlike other projects. We distributed the underlying token so there's no centralized entity. This is right after he left the company. So I think it's fair to say shots fired.
1: Yeah, I don't look at it that way. I just look at this as a uh, – this This goes back to you think of technology and you go way back. You you guys were all not even born except me and Gonzo. When you look at the beta versus Sony uh, VHS battle, you had one group that said, hey, we want to do everything and we want to keep it kind of internal and think of that as Ripple. And then that was beta, right? And then you think of VHS – and and they said, no, 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 we're going to make this thing open source. We're going to put it out there. We want everybody to participate, everybody to play. And guess what? VHS beat the shit out of beta, slaughtered it, right? And it won because everybody was able to adopt it and use it. And so what you're seeing really is two different philosophies of obviously some owners and Ripple said, no, 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 we're going to stay profit. We're going to keep it proprietary, you know, to us to some degree. And again, more of an analogy, but more along the lines of what beta did. And Jed obviously you know, decided he wants this to be more open source, more available, and that is going to lead to broader. I mean, look at it. We had an example on the show. Franklin Templeton took their technology and is using it. Didn't they? Didn't even know they were using that. That's the advantage of when you do something open source. You get it out there, and you let you let people just grab it and go. And so, you know what? To some degree, that is that's probably going to lead to a quicker adoption. Then versus the I'm not a boomer. It's an X. Get it right, Mike. Come on, buddy. We got the best live chat in the game. I swear this. Put him in a five minute timeout. If anybody. Johnny, you say
0: pick. You say pick your battles wisely. I'm willing to battle this out. I'll die on this hill. We got the best live chat in the game, and I think that's just one example of that. I like this comment as well. XRP is the Coca Cola. (laughs) XLM is the Pepsi. We got 422 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny, thank you for breaking it down. We are going to talk about the Ripple Riddlers today as well, but I think it's most important that I play the end of this clip. We're going to see something very unique for not only altcoins, but the crypto markets overall. What are we going to see, Gonzo? Liquidity come in from institutions like we've never seen before. And I think that's why many of our favorite tokens are set to profit in this next upcoming bull run. But guys, I'm going to switch my audio settings and let me know in the live chat, do you agree with what Jeb McCaleb's saying? Because I think that at Ripple, here we go.
4: is that one of the just sort of the the forces within the crypto community is this notion that things should be decentralized, right? And the case is made that Ripple is a much more centralized sort of platform because it's got and it seeks to partner with some of the biggest financial institutions out there where Stellar uh, is nonprofit and sees itself as as less centralized or decentralized. Tell us why that is an advantage from, from a user standpoint or from from a bank standpoint, for instance, who wants to operate something on the platform? Why is that an advantage?
5: Right. I mean, it, it, so it's 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 less. That's more of a technical consideration. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, like technically, the, the consensus algorithm of Ripple lends itself to to. It's very hard to run uh, nodes outside, uh, like Ripple Labs. Like so, they're they're running the majority of the nodes, uh, which. Uh, it should be concerning for people, right? Because it's, basically you're ended up with a system that's no better than than uh, Swift or PayPal, one of these centralized systems. The real vision here is that you have a network much like the internet that anyone can participate in. Uh, there, there's not one central entity that could kind of change, like decide that it's gonna start charging or just, right. uh, you know, start to, you know, like like that, that's, that should be of, of utmost concern to people. Like this is the way that this thing can actually grow. Uh, and and reach ubiquity. Like the only the only other kind of network we've seen do that is the internet, and and it's important that it is open. Like that's the key component sure. and, and okay. distributed. So
4: Jed, yeah. unfortunately, we're out of time today. We hope you come back to Fast Money. We'd love to hear from you again, Jed.
1: That was what twenty eighteen apps when that. That was in twenty eighteen, right?
0: Two thousand eighteen. And what I think is so important about that clip, Johnny, is that he talked a lot about what people's doing and was very critical. So before I even give my
1: take, I want to hear from you, Jenna and Gonzo. What did you take away from this clip? Well, oh, did you say Jenna or Johnny? Go ahead. Yeah, I I mean, obviously there was some still bad, but I think they broke up in 2013 or 14 or something like that. And from what I heard, a lot of it had to do with, thank you, by the way, for that comment. A lot of it had to do with a girl. You know, it was like that Helena Troy kind of thing, you know, so he didn't tell the real story. But there's always a girl involved, usually, in the background. Uh, no offense, Jen. I'm just saying that's just facts. But that's how guys are. But anyway, nonetheless, the reality is there was there was definitely some of that going on. But Jeff's spot on that I think XLM, and the reason why I'm excited for XLM, and the reason why you I got both in my bags, is they have put themselves out there to make it very, very very easy for anybody to use, open source, anybody to grab nodes. Uh, back then, Ripple was very centralized. And you heard Mark Yusko when they were investing, also confirmed. Now that was in 2018. We know today they don't own all the nodes anymore. They've done stuff to allow them to be uncentralized, if you will, or, or more, you know, more less control of it by Ripple. I think Ripple only controls like seven percent of the nodes now. So I just want that's why I was calling out the time frame. I don't want people to watch this video and think Ripple has all the nodes. That's not the case anymore. But you certainly, you know, it's certainly you can see definitely the two thoughts and philosophy. And I agree with Jeb doing it the way he did is certainly going to help facilitate growth of it. You wouldn't want the Internet owned by one company. apps. It would not. The Internet would not be what it is today if one company owned it and was making profit on it. It would be highly controlled and it would be bad. So Jeb's got the right idea there.
0: Gonzo, I'm way more bullish in 2023 than I was back in 2020, and it's for this reason right here. We are seeing legitimate XRP products being launched globally, but it's not about XRP. It's about the crypto market overall. We started the show off by showing you that Qatar's largest sovereign fund is ready to invest $500 billion in Bitcoin. If you don't think that's going to affect altcoins, you haven't been paying attention. Bitcoin drives the liquidity for these altcoins. And the best thing we could see would be $500 billion new liquidity enter the market. But this is the headline that was circulating last week, Gonzo. And I think it's becoming more relevant today as that we need to remind our listeners an exchange-traded product for XRP is expected to launch this month as Ripple's exchange-traded product is expected to launch in early December of 2023 on a European exchange. And we went through the details last week several times. So I'm sure many of our listeners know about this. But these are things that had never happened in the past. And that's why I think this cycle is going to be much closer to 2017 than it was in 2021. What do you think? Am I right
2: here? Yeah, you know, I was just looking over at the uh, total market cap and we're finally above 1.52 trillion. And so if we can close that daily candle and hold that as support, then we're looking very, very good. There was another comment about the Bitcoin XRP pair. And you're right. It just broke support. Um, And so usually what happens to Bitcoin dominance is as it rises, it breaks the support line of the Bitcoin pairing with alts, right? So that when we get a pullback in Bitcoin, it falls, right? And so you could have been heavy in Bitcoin. You could wait for the XRP to Bitcoin pairing to hit its floor and then trade your Bitcoin for XRP and get a shit ton of XRP, right? And you can ride it all the way up. but. Uh, Yeah, what was your question? I'm sorry.
1: I don't
0: know. That was great information. I didn't know that, Gonzo. So, shout out to you this morning, guys. We got 475 people here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And the Ripple Riddlers have entered the chat, Johnny
2: Crypto. You're
3: muted.
1: Oh, I think am I also muted? I think the mute button No, I think it's no, abs is I, muted. I think, I think it's abs. Abs, you're muted. Oh uh, uh, yeah, so we'll just keep it going. So
2: I, I think we lost the mute, but yeah, yeah, we go mind. ahead, Johnny.
1: But so so anyway, you know, I mean, touching on where we are today, and I don't I don't know what he's got with the Rippler here, but I think what's important to talk about right now is the excitement we're seeing in the mar- the marketplace, right? What's happening right now with with um where all the coins are going. We're seeing it, some excitement. the guys, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. We talked about breaking that 41, 42 mark. Now, I've seen support and resistance. A lot of people talk around 48-ish is where we think we're going to get to Bitcoin. But then at that point, there's significant resistance there. So what are your thoughts? Are we going to get to 48 and then we're pulling back? Or if we bust through 48, have we pretty much started the next bull run? Are we on to the next bull run a year and a half? Before everybody thinks the bull run's coming.
2: What's I think so. Th- there's a little bit of resistance at 42 to 500. That's why I have it on my chart. Um, we're, we're kind of, what, we, what we're what we doing right now is kind of moving sideways. But yeah, once we can close the data counter above 42 to it is a very small gap up to 48,000. And then that's where the major resistance come in. And we have to see how the price action reacts, right? I've been saying this. We need to see, like, is Bitcoin going to continue to run up? And then what happens when the spot ETF gets approved, right? Is it kind of a sell the news event? The news, or does it cause some, or does it, be, or does it become something like parabolic where we break the resistance level? It's always healthier if we would have gotten the pullback and then the spot ETF announcement brought us out of whatever that correction is. But it's, it's looking the other way, right? There, there is a, a CME gap at like, 36 something i think it was 39 i was looking this morning it's 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 a few thousand dollars lower uh and so you know if we get a correction like that yeah, you know a couple thousand dollars in bitcoin uh will will definitely put some pain into the altcoins but to me it's all like good areas to dollar cost average really
1: you'd be buying at 48
2: no, no, no. The altcoins, right? The altcoins, it, 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 If Bitcoin peels back to fill that CME gap, that's yeah. at, I think, it's 39.6 uh around there. There's a lot of, like, liquidity that's starting to form there because people believe, like, that the CME gap is going to get filled. I think the statistic is, like, over 90-something percent of CME gaps. And if you guys don't know, CME is the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. And so yeah. it closes over the weekends. So price action with Bitcoin over the weekend gaps up, right? Gaps up or down. And so usually what happens is price action will eventually fill those price gaps. Yeah. yeah and so yeah. we have one there. Um, I think at 39.6. six,
1: right, there you go. Let's see if we got abs back. abs. Uh, say something.
2: Nope. Still can't hear you, buddy. We, I can hear you very, very tiny, low volume. It's the same issue that we how about have. now. Can you hear me there now? We yep. nah, yep. There we go. Now guys. Saying. This is
0: what happens when you share too much truthful information. The global elites come for you, but it's okay because they can't shut me down, Johnny Crypto. And we got 508 live listeners here. Show or us the volume
1: lo- button gets you. Which one no, no, that
0: was this guy. You know, I might boot Johnny Crypto if he keeps throwing <laughs> insults my way. I'm not that immature, my friend, but let's talk about some crypto content. Uh, I'm fired up this morning, guys. I don't know what's going on with my laptop, but I do not like the tech issues, and we're gonna start talking about some. Crypto content here, but let's get into what happened yesterday as the most influential list of crypto characters came out. And look who's sharing the stage at the bottom of this list. That would be Brad Garlinghouse, the co founder and CEO of Ripple, as well as Gary Gensler, the number one regulator on the beat, my friend. So I just wanted to get some brief comments. I'm going to clear up the technical issues here, Gonzo. But here's what I thought is really interesting Gary Gensler made the list with Brad Garlinghouse, but look at the images that they selected for Brad Garlinghouse. So, first of all, we're going to check out the article they put out about him. What is this? Look at the knight on the back of the horse, the helmet. It's interesting. I thought it was pretty cool. It caught my attention. It's obviously an NFT they're selling. This is where it gets interesting. So several years ago, we talk about the Ripple Riddlers, not very often on our show, but this correlation is shocking. Ripple's co-founder, Brad Garlinghouse, emerges as a triumphant in his legal cases. Well, this is something that the Riddlers have put out about better days ahead. And look at that. That is put out in 2018. Brad Garlinghouse got this award in 2023. I don't know. Do they have a crystal ball behind the scenes? That's what we're discussing right now. This is a really lighthearted topic here. But Gonzo, you give me your thoughts. Is there any correlation in your eyes?
2: Well, I mean, they could have made the NFT based on that thing. I mean, I don't know. I don't know much about it. Uh, But like, it's interesting, you know, because when we say influential, we always think, you know, at least in my mind, it's like a positive word. But really, like it could be, influential in a negative way. And I think that's why Gary Gensler's on there, right? Because the amount of money that's been lost because of the lawsuits and everything that he's done, um, you know, that has had an influence. And so whether good or bad, uh, you know, you you could, you could have an influence over the market.
0: Absolutely guys. And Johnny, you got to give me your thoughts as well. I thought there was be more here. Uh, This got me kind of excited because I never talk about this. You're in our private DMS Johnny. When do I ever DM you a Riddler thing? Never. Not even once in our friendship. This correlation is pretty shocking to me. Do you not think the same?
1: Um, it's just, I ain't gonna lie, it just doesn't do much for me. I'm, it's one of those things where you know, I don't know, it's uh, it doesn't do much for me. I, I, I'm All right, Jenna, bring the hope. I'm looking for it, bring Jenna she likes it. I
3: mean, I don't know. Now you got me thinking Bob I was right, like I don't know. Now I'm getting bullish again, guys. We, <laughs> Listen, we don't bring
0: hopium on this channel. What if the Riddlers are right? I feel like the correlation is pretty strong. I'd like to hear from the live chat guys, throw one in the live chat. If you think there's a correlation, throw a two in the live chat. If you think I'm grasping at straws here, because I'm open to the criticism as well. And it's not like they're exactly the same. The beard is longer, but who knows guys, who knows what they're indicating here. Let's start talking about some more serious content. Cause we what talked if, about, oh, well, go ahead, what everybody.
3: if someone at CoinDesk is like a Riddler, like an XRP or they follow the Riddlers, you know,
0: there you go. And a lot of our live chat, Disagrees. So we're 50 50 in the live chat. A lot of guys, a lot of them agree with you guys. Just a couple people agree with me. So I guess I'm in the minority out here, guys. But let's right. start with our exciting content, Jenna. We're going to play this video of a former Ripple advisor. And this is somebody that everyone should be aware of. His name is Brian Brooks. And he was the former US computroller of currency during the Trump administration. Well, he's been an advocate of cryptocurrencies, not because he wants altcoins to go up and everybody get rich, but because he sees the advantage to using these technologies. We're gonna play this clip and break it.
6: Here we go. Is, you know, the, the biggest issue that I always try and focus on is cryptocurrencies are really not about currency. And, and the biggest misunderstanding of this whole discussion is the belief that if crypto is not doing a great job of replacing the US dollar, uh, then crypto is failing in its mission. And what I, what I think we'll talk about a little bit today is the idea that most of crypto is about replacing the centralized banking system with networks that allow user control versus bank CEO control. The crypto assets that have prices are more like internet stocks. It's more like you bet on Google if you think there's going to be high internet traffic and you short Google if you think people are going to go back to the post office, right? But
1: You're muted, buddy. I want to give
6: you the floor. Bitcoin's
2: table. running.
0: That's a perfect investment thesis for what is going on today. I'm going to give you the floor and I'll give my take.
3: No, you go ahead, Ab. Absolutely.
0: I just got to change my mic settings. Johnny, you take the floor. I'll change my settings.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's spot on. I mean, when he talks about how crypto, that's what it was invented. Crypto was to be an alternative source or Bitcoin, I should say, when it first created was if you remember the whole world was crashing in 2008, the banking system was going down under and it was like, oh my God, what, what, what do we have to rely on if the banking system goes under? right and you, and you had these CEOs doing all these shady things behind the scenes. So it's like, okay, what if there was alternative money? That allowed it, and that's really kind of you know where you had the birth of Bitcoin, where it was holy cow, you could have this free decentralized system, not free, but you know what I mean, free control, a decentralized system where nobody particularly controlled it. And as long as everybody agreed and bought into it, abs, you would have this exchange of value, i.e., in this case known as a bitcoin, that could compete with the banking system, which obviously tells you why we have been saying this for a long time. Right? Crypto bag Because the what, what does the banking system want an alternative system out there to compete with them? Do you know what I mean? Absolutely not. They don't. Here's want what I handle. thought
0: was cool, Johnny. Did you hear what he said, though? He said, investing in crypto is like investing in an internet stock. The more people you think will use the network, the more valuable the token is going to be. We're talking about XLM today. And you know the article that we broke down about Standard Charter and Ripple? they have connections to XLM as well. So this was an article that we broke down during the show yesterday, Johnny, as Standard Charter-backed Zodiac Custody joins Ripple-owned Medico in a global cryptocurrency storage network. What is this? They are setting up institutional custody for firms all around the world. And two of our favorite cryptocurrencies are sitting in the center. Now, where's the connection to XLM here? That's what I'm going to show you right now because XLM, this is pretty interesting, guys. XLM is a partner of Zodiac Custody. Now, I I didn't, I don't know why it wasn't referenced on any YouTube channel and any article. Everything was just Ripple-focused here. Zodiac Custody and, and Ripple and Stellar are all connected. So this is another connection that we're drawing between Ripple, Global Custody, and Stellar behind the scenes, even though in the public it seems like they're working for opposite ends of the stick, Johnny. So what do you think? Now that we know Standard Charter working with Ripple's Medico, which is also
1: XLM. Pretty interesting. So, Very fascinating connections. Very fascinating. No surprise because at the end of the day, oh, wow, 43K. Let's go. We're going to 48, boys and girls. The question is at 48, are you willing to use your exit strategy and maybe pull a little profits off? If you are, that's the question, guys, because as Gonzo said, at 48, there is a shit ton of resistance. And most likely, I've been hearing once we get to 48, there will be a pullback back down the retest. So we'll see how low we go. But nonetheless, yeah, absolutely. there's no question that you know, you're know you going to see. been saying it for a while on this show that we are going to – You just got Gonzo's Let me read it for the
0: live chat. This person commented, guys, can we get 200-plus li- likes on this video so we
1: can see Gonzo's smile for the first time? Gonzo's
0: a happy guy. I don't know what you're talking about. But
1: <laughs> well, Gonzo's always got that concentrated look, you know, so I think people mistake that. Yep. For, uh, for for an angry guy or whatever. But Gonzo, if you know Gonzo, he's a very happy-go-lucky guy, just like the rest of this group. But Johnny, you know, we no. got
0: 532 people here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And this is a more important conversation to have. Is this a classic example? And Gonzo, Jenna, you can answer this as well. Is this a classic example of buy the rumor, sell the news with Bitcoin? Why is Bitcoin pumping right now? We broke it down. Big players are not only starting to enter the market... BlackRock finished their seed investment round for their Bitcoin product. So they raised $100,000 so they can file some paperwork at the SEC. Everything's in motion. Is this going to be another example? Buy the rumor, sell the news for Bitcoin. I'd love to start with Jenna. What do you think?
3: Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I do think that. Um, Honestly, I think, though, we could have a 50K Christmas. I, I don't rule it out. Um, And I think maybe after then people are going to start taking their gains and everything. And then maybe after that, we see the spot ETF start to become approved and then it just shoot back up. So I could see where that little retracement could come in. But I think it might happen after Christmas. I don't know. I mean, p- whales are making too much money right now. People are making too much money. So. I don't know. Well, anything could happen, Evs.
0: You know what has me a little bit concerned here, Gonzo, is that everyone thinks we're in bullish territory. And that tells me whether it's XRP, Bitcoin, Ethereum, it doesn't matter. It can be Apple stock. If everybody thinks it's going up, for the short term, it's going to do the opposite. So I'm wondering if we enter that 48,000, and this is what Jenna hinted at as well, so shout out to Jenna. But if we go up to 48, 46,000 and we're peaking around January 1st and this ETF gets approved those first couple of weeks, classic example. Could see an easy 30% pullback. And that could actually be a bullish catalyst. Believe it or not, that 30% pullback, it's not bad for Bitcoin, just a buying opportunity. Buy the rumor, sell the news. What do you think,
2: Gonzo? Yeah. Um, so when we look at the, uh, there, there's a couple of things that could happen, right? It could be buy the rumor, sell the news. He could deny the spot ETF. There's also the question of the grayscale GBTC, right, on the close, right? As we've been closing the price gap, when they transition, if they approve a spot ETF, Right. And they transition that, like what happens with the underlying asset, people will have that Bitcoin available and they can sell. Right. Because depending on how long they've been holding, like they've been in GBTC, there, there, there's some sell pressure there. Right. Um, and so the other thing with the 48,000 is if you do a fib pull, like if you go to the last cycle, this is exactly where we got rejected at 618 in the previous cycle. And so 48,000 is where the 618 retracement or, or, or the fib level is. So yeah, you know, we'll see, dude. We just made a new high. Um, I I do think we're going to 48000 and then we'll see what happens next. But how typical would it it be of our asset class, right, that the biggest news event that we've ever seen, that everyone was just so sure was going to push us to this astronomical price? And it could still happen, right? I, I think the denial is a very, very small percent. But, you know, the longer that this keeps pushing up, as people are front-loading the spot ETF, the the, the the chances increase that maybe we get a rejection and we roll over.
1: You know, Abs, when you when when you think about what we say on this show all the time, we talk about the fear and greed index. We talk about, um, you know, knowing, learn, learning, looking at the emotions of the markets and how they work and sell the rumor, buy the news. I mean, Bitcoin's pumping right now and there's no news out, right? So it almost kind of, it, it certainly has, The buy the rumor, sell the news feel to it. It certainly makes sense. Uh, If you take a look here, Kathy Woods. Kathy Woods just sold $2.5 million of her grayscale Bitcoin trust. I mean, the smart money takes profits. That's the bottom line. And and yes, we're going up. But you never know what that ride looks like. And and so, you know, yeah. To me, this has all the feel of, and I think that's what's going to happen. I think it's going to come out. They're gonna dump, things gonna crash. But the difference is we'll see how low it can go. Then it's gonna settle. And that's when you start to get now the react after the, the elites and the smart money takes their money out of it and they'll see how low it'll go. And they'll probably short it on the way down and make money there side too. Then you'll see where it bottoms out. And that's when the, in my opinion, just purely my opinion, that's when the fun begins. Because now. The news is out. The big boys have taken their profits. They're no longer going to be manipulating it. And they know there's going to be a whole host of these real security products now that are going to be on the market that people can buy called Bitcoin ETFs. And then you'll see a whole bunch of other ones flooding out there. And this space will gain traction, will gain legitimization. And I think you'll start to see that, you know, if you remember in the gold curve after the BTC, it took a while. I don't think this will take as long, but you'll start to see that come back going right into the bull run of, 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 or into our next bull run. So for me, it kind of has that feeling written all over it. But I want to give a shout out to our man Clinton here because this is a great story. He got his first alert from Merlin on his Casper trade. And that is freaking awesome. It's great to see that we're out there helping people, abs, because these times are going to come. Guys, if you made an alert, follow it. It's hard to push the button, but follow your plan if you made one.
3: That's Absolutely. great. That's like kudos to him. Like that is hard to do. So I am so happy that he did that. Awesome job.
0: Absolutely. Guys, I've always said it's harder to take profit than it is to buy in a bear market. And it can be hard to buy in a bear market sometimes, but this is something really interesting as well. Gonzo, we're going to go a little rapid fire. I didn't realize we're already 43 minutes into the show guys. So continue to smash Fastest that. like Hour ever, Abs. Fastest hour ever. Exactly. And thank you for being here on this uh, Tuesday morning. Jenna, first of all, welcome back. And if you're just joining the show, Jenna got engaged. So congratulations to Jenna. Shout out to you. Shout out to the newlyweds to be. And we're going to break down this article right here, Gonzo, as this was some huge news yesterday. Bitcoin is officially in the top 10 assets by market cap globally behind gold, Apple, Microsoft, a couple other assets. Bitcoin is officially number 10. And I want to remind people during the bull run. Oh, I see my mic's breaking up. Floor's yours.
2: Yeah, no, like when you look at it, I think in the last five years, the only thing that's done better than Bitcoin is NVIDIA, right? But when you look at the last 10 years, there is nothing that's done the returns that that Bitcoin has done. And it just continues to kind of climb the charts. I, I know that we, we did a story this morning on Crypto about uh, Berkshire Hathaway, you know, uh, Warren Buffett's company. Bitcoin has surpassed that in total market cap, right? And that just tells you kind of, where we're at, like where the transition is happening. And, you know, uh, his buddy, uh, Charlie Munger, passed away this week. So, you know, rest in peace, Charlie Munger. Those two guys are like behemoths in the investment world. But, you know, like anything else that we see, you know, while their kind of investment thesis itself in the ideas, the things that we say, like, you know, when the tide pulls out, you see you swimming naked and um slow and steady all those kind of things i think those will always be true but like the things that you invest in have changed right We don't want to see like nobody technology but we don't want to see nobody swimming naked
1: i, I just that. pictured
3: johnny swimming naked
1: no you don't want
2: to picture that. <laughs> that's what happens in a in, that's what happens in a bear market right but like look hey look Bitcoin's making a new high. We want it to move sideways because there's going to be a catch-up, right? The altcoin market will catch up, right? So even though we're getting a little bit of a pullback now, once Bitcoin dominance makes its new high and pulls back, and then Bitcoin moves sideways, that's when the altcoins start to catch up, right? And so we'll see who's going to lead that. You saw the projects that led in November, and now we're going to get either those same projects or new projects that start to rise and kind of move in December. So get ready for that.
0: Absolutely, guys, and we got 500 people here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And shout out to Krista Gorman in the chat. We love your nice comments. This is what's really interesting, guys. We draw the connections between Ripple and global organizations all the time. Well, this morning I went through and just created a very short list of what I could think of off the top of my head. These are 12 people that really catch my attention and are previously associated or currently with Ripple. So, first of all, we got Rosie Rios, the 43rd Treasurer of the United States, and for anybody who owns a hundred dollar bill. Pull it out. Her signature is on that bill. We got Donald Donahue, the CEO of the DTCC, one of the most prominent exchanges globally in New York. David Schwartz, a former CNN and NSA employee known for being a top five programmer globally. We've also got the head of digital assets at BlackRock currently, Robbie Mitchnick, who is a former Ripple advisor. I'm going to save a little bit of time here and just leave it on the screen so people can read. We've got a federal regulator. We've got Jed McCaleb, Chris Larson, Brad Garlinghouse. I believe this is the strongest team in crypto, but Johnny, I wanted to get your opinion. Do any of these connections change your sentiment? I think for a lot
4: of
1: our listeners, this is new information. What do you take away from this list? Oh, well, I mean, when you say change my sentiment, I've already had a strong sentiment that XRP, you know, has a lot of good players. And they're doing everything that a profitable company who is trying to grow should be doing. They got the right people. Like, what would I always tell you? Right? What was here? I'll, I'll bring it up. Here's my seed phrase, by the way. Somebody asked me to post it. Here's my seed phrase, guys. You can write that down. All right. That's my, my seed phrase for But anyway, this is the listen. The boomers it.
0: forget we're never on
1: the radio, my friend. You got to talk to the people in the oh, game, yeah, right? that's right. Oh, by the way, easy with the boomers. All right. I'm an exercise. Let's get the facts. Right. <laughs> it's all it's the facts, right? You're too smart to get it wrong. It's not what you know, it's who you know. So that's my seed phrase there. You guys can take that and do what you want with it. Put it in MetaMask, whatever. Somebody probably will try that. But uh, it it is, you know, abs, those, they've got such great connections that they've built into that company that you have to feel bullish about the company Ripple in the long haul. Now, the technology XRP, remember, they're separate. And that's the one thing I didn't like about the analogy in the Brian Bricks video that you, Brooks video that you played, where he talked about. That you know, if you if you if you you know if, if you like betting on this, you know you're betting on the, the coin and the value will go up. Well, that's that's risky because they're not tied together. The performance of Ripple, the company, will have zero effect. You know, its profits will have zero effect on XRP, the token. And that's where cryptocurrencies are completely different than the stock. And that's why the Howey test doesn't work, and we need a new regulation around it. But I understand what he's trying to do from an analogy perspective. He's saying, hey, if you like this company or you like this technology, you could bet on it through its cryptocurrency. Yeah, there's some potential truth to that if it becomes adopted and it gets trade volume and things like that. But you need adoption. You need a utility for it. But those connections, I mean, those are 12 big connections. They've got their abs and you just have to feel good that you're investing in a company that is putting all the pieces together to try to grow its profitability. Gonzo
0: and Jenna, I'd like to get your thoughts as well. Did you guys have any thoughts on that before I dive into this content? We're going to close this show out with a couple of interesting topics. One of them being the chief legal officer at Kraken addressing the Ripple lawsuit and explaining how this was a win for the whole industry. Make no mistake about it. But what did you think about those connections? We'll hear from Jenna as well.
2: Yeah, you know, we, we always see these partnerships and these different things. And like I said, because the market is run by emotion, we just need a narrative to catch. And and I think that will come, Right. Like all these different narratives, they they have their different times to shine, and all it'll take is the uh, maybe the mainstream media picking it up, something to do with ISO tokens, maybe something with the lawsuit, whatever it is, to bring the attention to 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 um, to XRP. And like I said, I think it'll it'll happen next year, but you know, for now, like we just need to get above like sixty three cents.
0: That would be ideal, right, my friend? And I want to talk about something interesting as well before we get into this. Brad Garlinghouse, representative of the World Economic Forum. Microsoft and Ripple also have connections, Johnny. And I want to give a shout out to our CFO, Jeremy. Huge Microsoft fan and always points out good connections here. The senior economic consultant at Microsoft is a Ripple board member right now. And she's responsible for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation partnering with Ripple at Banking the Unbanked. Going to nearly 2 billion people and allowing them access to bank accounts. Bill Gates, Ripple, big connections here, Johnny Crypto. We don't have to spend too much time on it, but I wanted to throw that in there while we're on air. Jenna, yeah. you, go ahead. Yeah.
1: No, go ahead, go ahead,
3: I think that they will start microchipping these unbanked people sooner than later if they're not going to scan their retina um, because Microsoft does hold the patent. I know I've said this before um, from mining crypto with your brain activity um and your body activity and your crypto wallet so uh Interesting patent, patent 666. You could look it up but they registered for that. Um, But I know that they've had ties together. And I think this is one of those reasons why they do call XRP the mark of the beast, which I'm not going to overly, you know what, like we know we see everything happening and I, that's why I want to be invested in it because these are the people, these are the elites, these are the guys who run the world and XRP price will move when the big boys want it to move. I'm telling you, it's heavily manipulated. And one day they're just going to open the floodgates and I don't know when that'll be, but that is what I believe.
0: There you have it, guys. And Jenna, here's Kraken's chief legal officer talking about the Ripple case.
6: The, this, this story has already been told in the Ripple case. Uh, Judge Torres in the Southern District of New York, a, a highly influential court in the United States, already ruled um, that these uh, transactions, these on-exchange transactions, uh, should not be considered securities transactions. We, we agree with that decision. It was, it was a sound one. Um, at this point, the SEC has had a chance to tell its story in a complaint. That it filed in another district in California. Uh, Kraken looks forward to being able to tell its side of the story very soon. Um, as these as these things tend to play out, there will probably be some time, maybe maybe a few months, before we're able to do that. But we look forward to it, and we do intend to fight back. We have um, courts that are primed now to rule on these issues. We just got our very first ruling on these issues in, in the Ripple case, um, and as I said, I I think it it was it was well reasoned. I think most of it was level headed. Uh, and we think other other courts are going to see it. The, the other courts are going to see it the same way. So uh, really, the question is not will Congress act. The question is will Congress act before the courts moot the issue?
1: Exactly. Boom. Floor jars. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Is who is going to freaking act first? You know, if Congress doesn't, then the bad news is you're going to rely. You're going to be relying on a, a series of judges in different districts around the country you know, to do that. And that's really not the way we're supposed to be making laws in this country abs where Congress is supposed to make the laws. And then these other entities are supposed to enforce them. And that, you know, and that's what we want them to be doing. We don't want them creating their own. And so I just, I got to say this, Abs. I am so glad that they decided to go after another. I mean, I'm not glad they went after a company, but if they're gonna, I'm glad it's a company with deep pockets like Kraken. Those boys are coming back. You know, the SEC is picking fight with big boys, and I'm glad because these guys have the money to fight and they will. And what I tell you, what I tell you, the minute we got that New York ruling, which is awesome, thank God, every single company that gets sued is gonna now point to that ruling and say, Hey, look, programmatic sales. Now remember, yep. it doesn't mean it's gonna hold up because it's only a district court. What we really wanted was that to go to an appellate level um and get, get held up there. That would have made it even stronger. But nonetheless, it still is a point. That these guys are going to point to and they're going to use that like crazy to say, hey, programmatic sales are not securities and we are an exchange. We're doing programmatic sales. So why are you even on our back? And by the way, I just want to give a shout out uh, to our man, the the Italian, Italian Army leader here, Joey, shows up every single day. Shout out to you, brother. Love you, man.
0: Shout out to Joey. We love the Italians in this group chat. I'm not an Italian for the record, guys. I get asked but that you sometimes. you could be.
1: You could be. You look like
0: <laughs> Jenna, what do you think? I know you had some thoughts. Floor's yours. You're an
3: honorable Italian abs. It works out. <laughs> no, actually. i it,
0: guys. I actually prefer Italian sausage over Portuguese sausage. Yeah, you are uh, part That's a of defining this. factor here, guys. So, sorry, what, Jenna. Floor's yours. What
3: were we talking about? Listen, I randomly for Shits and Gigs went and checked, like, the XDC chart because I'm like, man, this yep. isn't moving. So, I literally just pulled that up what was the question
2: dude i was just looking at the xdc chart myself really jenna, so i was funny.
3: like what's yeah. going on with this like yeah dude I like i'm looking at an, an over here what's going on well,
2: XDC? because everything check. else is moving uh, yeah.
3: nothing <laughs> XDC. that's it nothing XDC, right <laughs> <laughs> so
0: i'm confused about what you said jenna did you say xdc is moving or it's not moving
3: no it's not moving and i was oh. like i better go check on this and then like gonzo had the same idea <laughs> so apparently we're like Connected here with
0: the brainwaves. Um, GMC, we are on the same page. And <laughs> somebody said, I haven't tried Hawaiian sausage yet. No, I haven't. I'm actually, I'm only kidding. I'm just making does a I uh, they, does it ta-
1: Does have pineapple in it? Does Hawaiian sausage have pineapple? I'm just kidding. Yeah, so out. Go
2: ahead, Gonzo. Uh, I was, yeah, I was going to, well, related to your story, right? What you were talking about. Look, Kraken learned its lesson. It paid $30 million and it thought it had bought its way away from the SEC. The Coinbase lawsuit came out. It's a cut and paste from the Coinbase lawsuit. I think the other important thing is to look at what happened with Binance, right? Binance opened its doors to the Department of Justice. They did an in-depth investigation. And do you think that for one second, if there was any type of like stealing of funds or co-mingling of customer funds, they would have said that, right? What they got CZ on was all uh, AML stuff, right? It was all like banking laws that have to do with money laundering and KYC, right? That's what they got them for. And so it's the same thing. Like, even though the SEC still is trying to charge them with fraud, if there was any fraud involved, the DOJ would have dropped that in, in their lawsuit. And, and that wasn't mentioned at all. And they had access to all the records. So I've said this before, the SEC is running out of bullets in its handgun, right? And 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 the next big loss that it's going to be handed is this Coinbase, right? And, and Kraken will be able— to jump in on that because that's ahead of them. But um, when if either that case gets dismissed or because that still hasn't been ruled on, or if they actually go to court, you know, Coinbase is going to hand the SEC their lunch.
1: I think, I think abs froze up there, but I agree with you, so that it is going to be, man, if they get the Coinbase ruling out, now they can crack and go and point to the Coinbase. Into the into the into the XRP ruling, that's going to be, I think, huge, significant, strong, strong case for Kraken. Hopefully, they'll be able to slap that SEC lawsuit down, and then hopefully by then we'll finally be past all this. Maybe we'll have some regulation. Uh, it looks like we got Abs back, although it looks like he's in. Uh, like you know when they got the reporter and he's in a country and they're they, the they're goes,
0: attacking my Wi-Fi right now. I don't know what's
1: going on. Yeah, your Wi-Fi is getting attacked. There. We can hear you. You might want to turn your video off because we can't barely see you. We well, can we'll <laughs> <still> hear you.
0: <laughs> you know what I'll do? Maybe maybe if I oh go ahead Jenna.
3: Oh, I was to say, I've never seen so much talk about sausages in the chat, like ever in my life. I don't know if they're hungry or what, but it's so
0: funny. And we call Johnny the Italian Sausage, but he's also <laughs> known as the sausage king. If you're no, 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 whoa,
3: whoa, whoa,
1: whoa. no, 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 stop.
0: I'm stop. kidding. I'm kidding, guys. I got to keep it. I'm just making jokes. This is all food oriented. And let's actually talk about something a little bit digital asset related. To end the show, we asked our listeners, which digital assets are you most bullish on over the next five years? Seventy three percent of our three hundred eighty six votes voted XRP, twelve percent voted Stellar, eleven percent voted Bitcoin, and two percent voted for Ethereum. So, pretty interesting results there, Johnny. Give me your initial thoughts. I'll close the show.
1: Um, you know, I I think that I'm not surprised with 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 our channel and our user base, I, I followers, I I would doesn't surprise me at all that that's where it is. How about
0: that 12% of people are more bullish on
1: XLM as opposed to XRP? I mean, to me, I actually thought there'd be a little bit more of that. Um, I'm probably, I'm kind of split between the two, to be honest with you. I really don't care which one wins. I, I have both in my bags and I'm really hoping, you know, if you're in the space and you're you're early investing, like we all are and we're trying to figure out what's going to play out, you want to make sure you've got the, the, the good looking horses in your stable. In both of them are good-looking horses, strong, you know, fine, ready to run that race. So I'll, I'm very excited about them, and I'm looking forward to uh, to to seeing where they go. Thank you so much, and I want to say thank you, to, thank you to Gonzo, and thank you to Crypto. We
2: got Pro
0: 70 live listeners. Show us some love, I that like button. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Let's say
1: warrior, Put you. ah, your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining. Waters above. Don't forget tomorrow. Waters above tomorrow on the show congratulations to jenna